Hello, welcome to the latest podcast from the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health. I'm Francesca Toey. In this podcast, we're looking at a new paper on clonidine for prevention of post-operative agitation in children. Gavin Cleaver had the chance to speak with two authors of the paper, and here they are introducing themselves. So my name is uh, Mort Sudman, and uh, I work at the Department of Neuroanesthesiology at the, the University Hospital of Copenhagen, Rigshusfeldt in Denmark. Yes, my name is Arash Afshari. I um, am um, a consultant pediatric anesthetist and intensivist. And I work at the same hospital, but at the, at the, um, the Julian Marie Center, which is the Department of uh, Pediatric and Obstetric Anesthesia. Great. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. So, so this paper that, uh, that you're both publishing in the Lancet Child and Adolescent Health, it investigates clonidine for post-operative agitation in children anesthetized with sevoflurane. Can you tell our listeners a bit about how common post-operative agitation is in children anesthetized with sevoflurane and why this is such a problem? Well, um, it, depending on uh, the publications that exist, it, it varies somewhere between 25 to probably even higher figures, around 50%. It all depends on the quality of evidence and um, the way we basically estimate and um, assess and diagnose it. But um, it is more common than actually anticipated previously. And um, it, it, based on our data as well, it, it quite well adds up, matches the existing data that out there in is, recent published meta-analysis that indicates around 40, 40 to 50%. Um, so it, it's it's a big problem. So how is this post-operative agitation currently best treated? Well, it, it all depends on basically your institution, your traditions, and unfortunately not um, uh, much of our practices are based on, on uh, solid evidence in, in that regard. But there are, you know, there are different choices of anesthesia. One may opt for um, basically... Um, Intravenous anesthesia, because uh, that may reduce the uh, the incidence. Uh, we may also opt for um, solutions at the end of anesthesia. That could be the choice of drugs such as clonidine or um, dexmedetomidine or the use of propofol as a single bolus uh, treatment. That could also be basically giving drugs as pre-medication such as clonidine and um, likewise to, uh, to reduce and some may also, you know, give uh, more opioids, uh, hoping that um, you can reduce the incidence of agitation because it may be difficult to distinguish uh, whether or not it's actually pain or uh, or uh, agitation slash delirium. So, what made you both want to study clonidine in relation to this problem? You just uh, told that like that it is a big problem that that post agitation. So I think the the thing is that it's really good to prevent it instead of of treating it, um, and and that's why we think clonidine uh, it's a well known drug and it has little side effects in in children. So it's also not expensive, which is a, an important thing these days. So so I think there's a lot of advantages to using uh, using clonidine not only on post operative agitation, but but we also expect it a lower use of uh, opioids uh, and, and things like that afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything you want to add to that, Arash? Well, my, my motivation for actually getting the idea initially was because uh, there's so many drugs um, that are being promoted. And one of the newer drugs, obviously, is dexmedetomidine that has a similar profile as an alpha-2 agonist. But uh, for me, having worked in different countries, clonidine has a global perspective in a sense that it's a very cheap drug and it should be easily available. So we can actually uh, expand the impact of this drug beyond 
uh, Western countries um, and, you know, industrialized countries, but it can actually help um, many kids um, in even poorer setting countries. So the big question then, what were the key findings from your trial? Well, basically, the, some, the, the interesting findings are uh, the fact that we uh, show um, a great uh, reduction in uh, the post incidence of post-operative education in um, the overall population. Um, however, this uh, effect is mainly driven by boys. And that, that is actually a very quite, quite an interesting finding because we don't find similar findings in the, the, the girls uh, as in boys. Uh, that could be due to random error because we have a much higher population sample population of boys uh, due to the surgeries uh, basically carried out at the um, uh, including sites. But it could also indicate uh, a difference in um, um, between the groups, um, that means girls and boys, which is, uh, which is something that's always been fascinating to me that we treat patients regardless of sex and age similarly, but we know from much of the um, other existing parts of medicine that there is indeed a difference between girls and boys. So not only did we reduce the, uh, have significantly and solidly basically reduced the incidence of uh, post-operative agitation, we also basically indicated uh, solid evidence in favor of reduced opioid consumption, pain scores, um, and um, very few side effects. And the only economically maybe uh, you know adverse events would be an extended stay in the post-operative room, uh, post-recovery room. Well, we did also decrease uh, the post-operative nausea and vomiting and, and uh, prolong the time to, to administration of, of opioids. So I guess that's quite a, a good reason to, do, to use it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And so um, do you feel like these results will feed back into clinical practice? Well, I hope so, and, uh, and I think so. <laughs> I already know them of, of one department that's, that's using it now one of the participating uh, departments. So I, I strongly believe that we should try to prevent instead of treat post-operative agitation. Fantastic. No, that's absolutely great. So what's next for, for both of you in terms of research in this area? I personally would like to expand on the differences between sexes, um, you know, the boys and girls population. So that would be that would be actually interesting to um, carry out a, a well-powered study for instance, examining the impact of quantity in girls comparing to boys. Um, the other, for me, interesting question would be the cost-benefit analysis of uh, comparing uh, clonidine, for instance, to dexmedetomidine. That has been highly promoted uh, by many uh, colleagues and also industry, which is a much uh, more expensive drug. And it would be nice to see, is there truly a difference between these two drugs in clinical setting? Um, justifying, uh, you know, um, the global um, difference and variations in practices. I totally agree with you, uh, Ras, that, that that's, the, that's the next question to be answered. And uh, especially this uh, with dexmedetomidine, with I think it's, it's important that, that we use drugs that's available for everybody and, and isn't expensive. What an important and interesting piece of research. Gentlemen, thank you both so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to... Um, yeah expand our findings.